thinking about uh, the past, uh, past few weeks and the message from uh, 1 John and looking at 1 John chapter 5, there's a, a, a couple of things I've been thinking about. And I've been thinking about certain people, uh, people that, uh, in, in uh, my jail group, uh, people in a uh, couple of men's groups that I meet with Thursday and Friday, and uh, thinking of other folks within this congregation. And, and uh, there's just some things that I'd, I'd love to encourage. Um, I'd love to be able to encourage you in some way. And, uh, and what, I, what I hope and what I, I want is, is I want you to not accept defeat and not accept despair. Uh, I think sometimes, you know, it's inevitable that, that we're going to mess up, we're going to fail, we're going to stumble in some way, we're going to sin or we're going to hurt someone or, or whatever. There's things like that that happen. Um, there's things that happen to us that make us uh, feel certain ways, uh, make us feel inferior, or sad, or depressed, whatever. But I, I think the thing is, um, what I hope is that all, as Christ followers, what we're cultivating in our life is, is, uh, is that we're finding ways to recover, that, that we are not developing an attitude of, of, of defeat and despair, that we're not quitting, that we're, that we're learning to not give up, that we're learning to, when we do fall, when we do stumble, to get back up and to keep following after Christ. And uh, I, when I think about this, and again, when I say don't, don't accept despair, don't, effect, don't accept defeat. I'm not saying to deny that those things happen. And, you know, don't, don't be like a Buddhist who denies that they're going through pain and, and tries to pretend that it's not really there, that they're going to overcome it and transcend it by pretending it's not there. I'm not saying uh, be delusional. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying accept the reality of it, but know that, that we can overcome, that we move past it. So, I, today, I, I just want to share with you some stories, and uh, some stories of, of people uh, who are not Christ followers, but again, their stories inspire, but some stories that do come from the Word of God, and, and those who were uh, walking out and walking as overcomers in this world. Uh, I, I think of, when I think of overcomers, I think of Thomas Edison. He was a man who uh, tried, had over 10,000 attempts trying to perfect the light bulb and trying to get it to work. And it wasn't until after 10,000 attempts, they actually came up with a light bulb that finally worked and was then developed into what we use today in our fixtures. Paganini, a famous violinist, uh, was in a concert. And as, as the story goes, uh, one of the strings on his violin broke. You only have four strings on a violin. If you lose one, uh, it, it, it hampers you, but he kept playing and he just changed the scale and the formation of his scale on the neck of the violin and kept playing. Well, legend has it, the story goes again, that two other strings broke on his violin. I don't know what was going on that night in this concert, but two other strings broke that he finally finished uh, with just one string remaining on his violin that he kept playing. He wouldn't quit. Uh, Edith Alexson, 
She climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. It's not the tallest mountain in the world, but it's, it's a big mountain in Africa. Uh, climbed Mount Kilim Kilimanjaro when she was 81 years old. There's a goal for you, Doris. <laughs> Doris takes pride in being our, our oldest member here at Highland. So, Bob Hall finished a marathon with no legs. Uh, several years ago, I guess I should say maybe, maybe it was a decade ago, I, I was in Charlotte uh, when there's still the Charlotte Hornets. I went to watch them play. They're playing uh, Chicago Bulls. And uh, there was a certain man, guy they, they pulled out in, in the last few minutes of the game. His name is Muggsy Bogues. And uh, he's only five foot two, plays in the NBA. Came out and he was just moving so quick and he was just causing frustration and havoc for the Bulls team and even Michael Jordan was getting frustrated with this guy who was coming up behind and stealing the ball and running down the court and scoring. He was an amazing player. Overcame what seemed to be a disability in playing in a sport where being tall is an advantage. 5'2". Uh, Michael Jordan, in fact, uh, you know, uh, really distinguished himself in the NBA. He's one of the greatest players. But did you know uh, his freshman year when he was trying out for his high school team, uh, he was cut. Good thing he didn't quit, didn't give up. Went back the next year and tried out and made the team. Continued with his basketball career. Bruce Lipstadt uh, is a guy who has an IQ of 123, which is a high IQ, but he, only, he has an IQ with only half a brain. Only half a brain. George Blackman uh, types with his mouth. By the time he had reached nine years old, he had written uh, eight books already. Little kid writing books, typing with his mouth, using a pencil and typing on a keyboard. Mark Wellman is a paraplegic climber. The last mountain that he climbed was equal to doing 7,000 pull-ups for us using just his arms and a special contraption he had made. Beethoven, famous composer, teacher said that he would never write anything of worth. Said he'd never write anything of worth. Yet today, uh, there's still symphonies across the country that play his music. Uh, there's even uh, electric guitarists that imitate many of his uh, portions of, of things that he wrote in, in uh, rock music today. Werner von Braun uh, failed ninth grade algebra, but then went on to become uh, our first rocket scientist, successful rocket scientist. There's a lot more stories that I could tell people who overcame uh, physical limitations and they inspired many people with their accomplishments. But in the same way, I want you to know that in the same way that they overcame some sort of physical barrier, you have been called to join a group of spiritual overcomers. You've been called to join a group of spiritual overcomers. Don't accept defeat. Don't accept despair. I want to read 1 John and the first uh, five verses with you. 1 John 5, verse 1, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. This is love for God, to obey his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, 
even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I I know sometimes maybe we just kind of read over this and it kind of just, maybe we don't really hear the word sometimes. But when I read this, for everyone born of God overcomes the world, I guess the phrase that comes to mind is, it's very encouraging to me and I hope it's encouraging to you is, is that we're born to win. We're born to win. If you are born of God, you are born to win. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. You are born to overcome this world. You are called to join a group of overcomers whose names may not be in the history books, but are in God's book, this book of life. Don't accept defeat. Don't accept despair. You are born to win. There are some people that are recorded in God's word. And by faith, by faith in God, they overcame the things that challenged their lives. And what is faith? Well, James chapter 2 talks about faith, saying that that's belief plus action. That belief without action is just dead faith. It's lifeless. That faith is believing and acting upon that belief. And you can read about some of these people that overcame by faith. They're, they're in, there's a list of them in Hebrews 11. It's called the, the chapter of faith or the hall of faith. Some of them, by faith, overcame, overcame things in a very victorious way. We would say it came out with a good, good ending, good story. Would have made a great movie. Others listed in Hebrews 11, by faith, they also overcame things, but suffered greatly. It, it would probably be, you know, the sad ending of a, a heroic movie. But they were all overcomers, all of them. I, I want to tell you about some of them. And so you know exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about being an overcomer and being born to win. Abraham, father of faith, overcame leaving the comfort of his family and his home when he was called to go to a place that he didn't, didn't even know where it was. Abraham and Sarah together overcame the impossibilities of their age when they believed God's promise for a child. Did you know that that Abraham was over 75? So was his wife when they had Isaac. In fact, I think, I believe he was 75 when the promise was given to him and it's 25 years later that they had the child. They had to wait a while. Job overcame a discouraging wife and discouraging friends. Joseph by faith, overcame sexual temptation, fled from uh, uh, Potiphar's uh, wife when she tempted him. He also overcame hatred toward his brothers and instead believed and trusted that God had worked these things together for the good of his people. Don't accept defeat. Don't accept despair. You're born to win. Moses overcame the comforts of wealth and royalty And he identified himself with the people of Israel who were in slavery at the time. The Israelites overcame oppression and slavery by walking through the Red Sea when God opened the way for them. Caleb and Joshua, by faith, overcame the majority and the peer pressure, saying that they couldn't go in and take the land because it was filled with giants. Instead, they stood against that and said, by faith, yes, we can, because God has said he's given it to us. Joshua overcame following in the footsteps of a great leader, and the fear that that would impose on him, and he became strong and courageous. 
Gideon overcame the weakness and insecurities of his inferiority, saying that he was the least in his family, in the weakest clan of Israel, and that the enemy outnumbered him too greatly. Finally, Gideon believed what God addressed him as. God addressed him as mighty warrior. And he finally took on that name and wore it. Don't accept defeat. Don't accept despair. You are born to win. Samuel overcame the evil leadership of Eli and his sons. David overcame those who opposed God-fearing leadership, his God-fearing leadership. Saul, who he had served faithfully, opposed him. His son Absalom opposed him. David also, by faith, overcame the death of an infant child and also overcame the death of a grown son later when Absalom was killed. Solomon overcame perplexing problems, receiving wisdom from God. Elijah, by faith, acting upon his belief, overcame depression and loneliness, assuming that he was the only one who was faithful to God when he wasn't. Elijah the wid- and the widow overcame poverty one meal at a time, trusting God. Elisha overcame the loss of his friend and role model and mentor when Elijah was taken up. Some of you here may have not lost a role model or a mentor by death, but maybe you lost them because of moral failure or because they walked away. Know that you can overcome. Don't accept defeat. Don't accept despair. You were born to win. Elisha also overcame a guerrilla army that came after him without killing one person. Shadrach and friends, by faith, overcame the peer pressure to bow down. The king had made a 90-foot statue, 90-foot tall, 9-foot wide, gathered all the people in the kingdom. They all bowed down except for three men. They remained standing. They didn't bow down. They overcame. Daniel overcame unjust laws with obedience to God and civil disobedience to his government. Esther overcame the threat of racism and genocide and saved her people by speaking out at the risk of her life. Nehemiah, by faith, overcame the opposition to the welfare of his city. Peter overcame his social prejudices of of non-Jews. Paul overcame his hatred of Christians. I know so, there's some here say, man, I, I love Jesus, but man, I sure don't like them Christians. I know there's a lot of Christ followers who have done some really stupid things. But there's going to be a day where you're going to have to overcome that. You're going to have to let go of it. Peter, John, Stephen overcame fear of those who opposed the gospel and stood in the face of arrest, beating, and death. Paul overcame living in plenty and living in want. You know that verse that everybody loves to use? Who would love to use this verse on this sermon? Uh, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ. You know what he was referring to when he said that? He was referring to the times when he had nothing. And then the times when he had plenty. Talking material possessions and needs. When he had lots of food, place to rest. And times when he had no food and when he had no place to rest. And he used that promise and that promise was for him was, I can do all things through Christ. I can suffer if I need to through Christ who strengthens me. I can live in plenty and not be tempted by it and not be lulled to sleep by comforts of wealth. 
because Christ strengthens me. Paul overcame, whether it was without or with plenty. Early Christ followers overcame persecution, beatings, slander, and imprisonment. Silas and Apollos overcame defensive arguments of the Greeks. The list of overcoming stories and, and sinner saints continues today. The stories are still there. And the stories continue to be like that that are recorded in Hebrews 11. Some are overcomers with victorious stories. Others are overcomers who suffered much. There's a man named uh, in, uh, Gao Fing. And in 1997, he was a 30-year-old Chinese man working for Christ, Chrysler Jeep in Beijing. He found himself handcuffed to a chair, be- being beaten by soldiers. Why? Because two years earlier, he, he wanted to try to do things legally to start a church. And so he went to the government to start a government-sanctioned church. When he brought his petition, they put him in prison. And they confiscated the small copy of scriptures he had on him at the time. While in prison, Gao went on a hunger strike to try to get his copy of scriptures back. That's why they were beating him. They are trying to beat him to get him to eat. After a year of re-education, Gao refused to chant pro-government slogans with other prisoners. And so he was sent back another year for more re-education. He was kept in a 12 by 20 foot cell with 16 other prisoners. They had to find certain arrangements so that they could sleep at night. After another year, Gao was released, but only because his name was known by, and, and letters were written by people outside of the country that were protesting his arrest. After his release in February of 1998, Gao said that he was grateful because many others who were less well-known than him were simply executed. The stories go on today. Not too long ago, a native pastor in Indonesia named Fritz Manampring, and uh, anyway, I won't explain his name, but his wife, he and his wife have been leading a church for 10 years in Indonesia, and their church was surrounded by a mob. They began chanting outside the, the, the church, saying, Alu Akbar, Allah is mighty, and they had stones in their hands, and uh, the police were there, but they didn't really restrain them. And uh, they went after them. They uh, beat Fritz and his wife until they were senseless. Uh, the police finally did come in and rescue them and pull them out. And after their recovery, Fritz and his wife couldn't bear the thought of leaving the area. People warned them, the police warned them, say, you're, you're endangering your life if you stay. But they couldn't bear the thought of leaving their congregation that they'd been with for over 10 years. Well, two weeks later, another mob surrounded the church again. Fritz's wife, this time, was knocked unconscious. Fritz was clubbed. He had a hood put over his head. He was stripped and rolled through glass. Unconscious, they threw him onto a pile of wood and furniture that they'd taken from the church building, and they began to try to burn him alive. Somehow, he escaped. There's more to that story. I, I can't tell right now, but he was then, they grabbed him again and, and tied him to a pole. And then they threw stones at him. They, they stoned him until they thought he was dead. He was unconscious. Although his jaw was crushed and the nerves in his eyes were permanently damaged, Fritz refused to give up and die. His wife also survived. Both he and his wife decided to stay with friends near where their church and home were destroyed. He continues, continues to pastor the congregation today. Folks, the stories continue today. 
people talk about persecution of Christians in the time of Nero as if that was the greatest time of persecution. But did you know, uh, in last records I read in the year 2000, there was more people that were persecuted for Christ and killed for Christ than in the time of Nero back in 100, 200 AD. You know, when it comes to oppositions and obstacles to the faith, the words of the Apostle Paul come to my mind. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, we face death all day long for your sake. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. Look, I know that that suffering for the faith seems really distant for most of us here in this room, but there are other things that we are called to be more than conquerors over. Jesus spoke of some of these things to the seven churches that are recorded in Revelation. Some of the things that if they overcame, he would reward them. Jesus was proud of the Ephesians and the, the Christ followers there and how they had overcome hardship for his, names, but they, for his name, but they needed to overcome a love grown cold. Maybe some of us, that's what we need to overcome, a love grown cold. How were they to do that? He said, repent, turn around, have a change, do things that you did at first. Jesus tells the church in Smyrna that he's proud of them for overcoming afflictions, poverty, and slander from so-called religious folks. But he also told them that they needed to be ready to overcome persecution and imprisonment. Jesus told the church in Pergamum that he was proud of them for overcoming while living in a city where Satan ruled. But he also told them that they needed to overcome the false teachings and practices that were going on among them. Some of what Jason shared with you last week. Jesus tells the church in Thyatira that he was proud of how they had overcome with perseverance and by doing more than they did at first. Jesus told them that they also needed to overcome by not tolerating sexually immoral practices and by holding on to what they had. Jesus goes on to tell the other churches what he's proud of them for. But he exhorts them to overcome by hearing, by obeying, by repenting, by enduring patiently, by keeping his word. He tells them that they can overcome if they'll seek spiritual gold, spiritual clothing, spiritual healing, and by opening the door to Jesus and letting him in for real fellowship. For real fellowship. So what is the Lord proud of in Asheville, Christ followers? What's he proud of, I wonder? And what would he exhort us to do? What would he exhort us to overcome for those of us and what we face here in our city? Sometimes being more than a conqueror is overcoming by this much, by just, by just a millimeter, by just a little. One of Michael Phelps' gold medals was won by one hundredth of a second. I don't know if you saw the race. I was watching that one. I couldn't believe that he won it. I couldn't believe that somebody could lose by a hundredth of a second. You know, sometimes you are a conqueror just by a hundredth of a second, by just this much. It's not as glamorous or glorious as a gold medal event. 
And sometimes you don't even feel like you can overcome. But it happens this way so that we might not rely on ourselves, but we'll rely on God. It's okay if you feel weak. The men and women of faith that I mentioned to you earlier, whose stories are recorded in the Bible, most were more than conquerors by just a little bit. Sometimes you overcome envy and jealousy by just this much. And you find contentment in Christ. Sometimes you barely do it, but you do overcome. Sometimes you overcome lust by just that much, and you find a pure thought instead. You barely did it, but you did overcome. You made it. Sometimes you overcome rage at the last second. You don't vent it, but instead you give it to God, and you let the peace of God rule your heart instead. You barely did it, but you did overcome. You did it. You made it. Sometimes you overcome bitterness by just this much. You let go of it and reach out to forgive. You barely did it, but you did it. More than a conqueror. There are times when we feel very weak, but know that this is the perfect time, the perfect time for the power of God to be revealed through you because his grace is sufficient for you and his power is made perfect in weakness. At the moment you face your challenge, your obstacle, your enemy, and it looks like you'll be overwhelmed, that is the greatest moment to call upon the Lord and ask for his aid. The Lord has said that he has made available to each of us his incomparably great power for those of us who believe, Ephesians 1, 19. That same power, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. If you thought about that, what kind of power it took to raise him from the dead? I would assume that that would be a great amount of power. He says, the Bible says, that that power is available to you to help you overcome. You see, everyone born of God is born to overcome this world. You can't do it. You don't have to accept defeat. You don't have to accept despair. The Lord has given us his love and his power in our weakness to help us overcome. You are born to win. You really are. I want to read the last words in 1 John chapter 5 before we have a time of communion here. It says this. A lot of what 1 John writes and what John writes, the apostle writes in this is what we might know. He says, I'm writing this so that you will know. You can know this. Are there some things that you know? One of the things I want you to know today is that you are born to overcome. You are born to overcome this world. Can you know that? Can you drive a stake in the ground and not waver on that? That you can be more than a conqueror by just this much? Well, here's something else that he wants us to know. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. We can't do things apart from him. We need him. 
And uh, in this next moment, we're going to share communion together. It's a moment to say that, that we need Jesus, that we need him. Why are we so focused? We worship Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We worship God. But why do we always focus so much on Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross? It's because God the Father chose to reveal himself through the Son. Because Jesus is the way to the Father, to know the Father. It's the way God made it. So in this moment, know that you're meeting with the greatest overcomer who overcame this world for you, overcame the sin of this world, overcame death, and that he lives within you, and he's made his power available to you so that you can also overcome. So today, uh, as there's people around the perimeter of this room holding a goblet, juice that represents Christ's blood, and a plate that holds this wafer bread that represents Christ's body, there's going to be a song that's played. Uh, during that song, you can get up at any time to go to one of these folks and, and take communion. And as you take it, remember that you are meeting, you're meeting Christ in this moment, and you're meeting the overcomer of this world, and that he desires to live within us by faith and to live through us, to help us overcome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this moment, I pray, Lord, that you would give us hope. Lord, I pray that you would let us know that, that you can live in us and through us. Lord, that you would help us to know that, that your promises, what are written and recorded in your word, the Bible, Lord, that they are available to us. And Lord, that you are fully present with us just as you are fully present with someone who's on the other side of the world in China today. That you are God. You are our Lord. Thank you for what you did at the cross for us. Thank you for what you overcame there for us. In Jesus' name, amen.